And we're back with the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 181. 181. I'm your host, Josh Shelton, my friend and co-host, Ryan Ray. Ryan, it's uh, another day in the oil and gas industry, man. We're getting ready for Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming up, holidays, and a uh, little, little bit of uncertainty, obviously, in the industry right now about what, what to expect in the, in the coming year. And our first ever live show. Our first, right? Like, this is our first ever live show? I've done some stuff on Instagram that's been live, but this is our first ever joint live show, which means that it could get off the rails pretty quick. Like, this could go bad. Yeah, well... Your uh, your pronunciation skills are notorious in the oil patch. So, <laughs> yo, Josh, you know we've we got recorded on Monday. Thanksgiving's on Thursday. Um, you know, I, you know, we don't have a whole lot of news to talk about today. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But you know, I, I thought maybe we should lead off the show. Um, in the spirit of positivity, because it is the holiday season now, um, you know, maybe one industry thing that we're thankful for this year. Because it's it, 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 time's limited, so you got to hurry up and think of something. Oh, man, you should have gave me like a heads up about this. So uh, let's see. So one thing in the industry that I'm thankful for. Um, well, I guess that's kind of easy. I'm I'm. I'm thankful for the millions of people that have been brought out of poverty and the just the accessibility of energy for people to better their lives, safety, security, prosperity. You took mine, you sorry dog. You took mine. Like <laughs> that was what I was going to use. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I, I'll say this. Yeah, you know, a lot of friends. I got a lot of friends in the industry. I don't have a lot of friends. Period. But relatively speaking, for me, a lot of friends. And so you know. It's a uh, it's been a brutal year for us. I know we're about to get into some more brutal news, but uh, I thought we'd we'd lead off with at least that. I, I'm I'm curious um, since we last talked. You know, more vaccine news is coming out. Have you signed up to take your vaccine yet? No, sir. No, sir. I have not. <laughs> now look, so uh, I am going to watch to see what happens. So I'd like to see you your family do it. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll I'm gonna put my toes in the water first, you know, and then, uh, and then we'll see, we'll see what, what happens I, right now. I, I got a feeling I've already had it run. So I don't think that, I don't think that uh, I really need it. I'm, I'm still convinced of the whole immune thing. So n- don't get me wrong. There might be a different strain out next year and I might get it then. And it might get, get to be something where I take COVID vaccines in a couple of years because mm-hmm. there's different strands coming out every year. So I'm not opposed to it. Uh, it just seems a little quick to me. Yeah, I, I, you know, so I agree. And so I, I think, you know, a few years from now, we're going to see something that says, well, turns out that the Pfizer vaccine didn't work or the Moderna didn't work. So I'm just going to take them all. I'm just going to line up and take every vaccine because surely that's got to do something, right? Like if you take them all, eventually, um, you know, you, you think you got a, um, you got a shot of, you know, being saved somehow. So, anyways, I I posted a link to uh, DRW had a a good um, interview with the guy on COVID nineteen on his podcast today. So I posted a link to that in the live chat here, and we'll link to this in the show notes. Anyways, anyways, but yeah, no, 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 no I, I, don't, I don't. But they are starting to come out. It's I saw people saying that they are starting to come out, and so um, you know, for all it's 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 one of those things where you hate talking about the vaccine and COVID nineteen every week, but it's know. really what it boils down to at this point. Yeah. Then. That's exactly right. right. You know, that's exactly right because 
until we get past shutdowns, until we get past um, you know all the things that are involved with COVID nineteen, you really will never see a full recovery. And presuming you get through those things, then you might see you know you start to see at least a, a full recovery. You know, eventually we'll have a full recovery, but um, until people feel comfortable, we're just not going to have one. And which 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 real quick, we should say this. I don't know what the rules are for our listeners. Um, I will just tell you, as for the Ray House on Thursday, we doing Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to some friend's house who were made nameless so that they don't get the commies kicking in the door. And we having some, we, they can have some folks. We're going to be there and we're going to have a pretty big party on Thanksgiving day. So for all you Gavin Newsom lovers out there, we're sorry. What are you doing? Well, we're not, we're not sorry. We're not sorry. More of a, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no at all. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for Thanksgiving. I, I feel sorry for the folks over in Cali that are under pretty strict rules. I think Philadelphia, I think they're, they're under some pretty strict rules. Um, it's unfortunate, man. I, I, sometimes I think, uh, just people forget what it means to be human. I mean, I, I, I hate to see it. Not only that, but it's terrible for oil and gas. I mean, this is a time people travel, and it's going to be a lot less of it. Mm-hmm. A lot less of it. So, Ryan, let's uh, jump into some chipper news. Uh, this Houston Public Media, this is a, a site I haven't gone to in a while, but they, they post an article on the 20th of November. Oil is in trouble, so is Texas. Uh, so they had a mention in the article that uh, the Oil price being where it is, is going to have a serious impact on the state of Texas as a whole. So here's one little thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention. So every dollar the price drops, experts say, represents a decline of about $85 million in economic impact. That's every dollar that oil price drops represents $85 million in economic impact. That's an interesting metric. I haven't ever seen that before. I'm not sure if it's accurate, honestly. You probably have some uh, complicated algorithms that they're using, and, and so. But it, at some level, there's an, the, the idea of dollar, the dollar of oil, uh, where it's at, and the economic impact that's going to be felt across the state of Texas is is uh, it's interesting, interesting thought experiment at least. And and I think the state as a whole is much better with not necessarily hundred dollar oil, but $70 oil in a stable market would be fantastic for the state. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I, I had to go see how they're determining this dollar equals 85 million. Let's see here. Um, they go on the Texas Tribune, you know, when oil pressure slows in Texas, Employment and tax revenues decline and budget cuts at the state and local levels often follow. Kramer estimates that the state loses $85 million for every dollar decrease in oil prices. So the state, when he's saying the state, um, the original guy is saying that um, it's the state, the commies in Austin are losing that much money. And so when I read it, when I read the original when I read the article that we had in the, in the show, I thought it was talking about like, you know, businesses and stuff. But they get, this guy's talking about you know, tax dollars. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. There's, there, there's, um, there's, there's some of that to be true, but yeah, it, it's, they're just trying to put a, put a number on it. So, um, 
you know, if it goes from 33 to 32, there's obviously some taxes and stuff that you lost. You know, if that's if that's true, if that's true, let's just say it's true for sake, 85 million for every dollar, right? As we said. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, who's going to pay for the teachers and the firefighters and the, um, you know, and the all the other government bureaucracy things that we have if we're losing that much money? Someone's got to pay for it. And so um, it's not, you know, it's, it, it's comes the word systemic. It becomes systemic. And so, um, you know, yet we haven't had speaker, much from speaker here lately, but, you know, one thing speaker has said is that if the oil and gas industry collapses in Texas, that the rest of the Texas economy is so dependent on it, that it might, it might, you know, just generally collapse. Um, and so I think that's the larger concern is, you know, what happens to, all these people who live and work in Texas, but they're, they're here because they're here for the oil and gas industry. And so um, if, if there is no vibrant oil and gas industry, do they move to um, some other state to go do some other type of job that has nothing to do with what they're here for? Yeah, that's, that's part of the question I think is, is uh, as we see it unfolding, um, it's hard to imagine how, say someone like somewhere like Houston is going to be able to uh, maintain its level if say oil and gas crashes in Texas. So if it does, sure, there's other businesses there, but there's so much revenue coming in that supports many of these other, um, many of these other uh, structures or, or infrastructure that makes it possible. And that's where it's hard to, it's hard to measure the impact it will have because there's no there's no easy way to say well this is how much the taxes paid for roads and education and you name it uh so when when that money goes away what happens and how do you adjust right yeah that, yeah right and so it's 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 a number probably used to calculate but again it, if it is if it is true that we have larger problems um and you know, Abbott has said that he's not going to shut back down again. Of course, he hasn't fully reopened either. So it's kind of, you know, um, it's kind of like, well, you know, we're not shut down, but we also we also need to reopen. So we have another article. This one is how high can oil prices go in 2021? Uh, basically, this article starts off with the same question that we opened the show with today. Um, not being thankful, but the uh, vaccine the question of being, uh, are we going to take the vaccine? What's the market's response going to be to the vaccine? Will people get a little bit more, I hate to use the word courageous, but courageous in the face of a pandemic and get back to living normally. If so, then we have a optimistic, I say we, these people have a optimistic view of where oil price may end the year next year, 2021. If the vaccine doesn't engender more courage, you know, I don't know if courage is it, but just the willingness to get out and, and, and take the risk of getting it. If the vaccine promotes that and people start getting out back to normal, I'm still not sure that we're going to see oil up higher by the end of 2021, but it at least gives us a much better shot. Yeah, I mean, so if you look at the vaccine stuff, the vaccine people are saying, you know, hey, um, even with the vaccine, you got to still wear a mask. You still got social distance. So even th they're not really giving you the kind of the green light to 
to get it up and go. And so I'm curious to see how that will play out. But, you know, I, they're predicting in the U.S. what by the first quarter next year, everyone will basically have access to a vaccine or by halfway through the year. Okay. You know, I think it's a little bit optimistic to think that, you know, oil is going to have a, a massive recovery by the end of 2021. It seems to be a little bit, a little bit premature. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, that's my thoughts as well. Well, because uh, you got to think there's going to be Bob who gets the vaccine and is, um, and is, um, and he gets the vaccine and all of a sudden he gets coronavirus. And then once that happens, because you've put the fear of God in everyone, you've, you're, you're back to square one, right? Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I th- you know, I, I, you know, the discussion on um, uh, on DRW's podcast, I was to they're talking about the amount of people who've gotten it twice. And, you know, the people who've gotten it twice are like, you know, this is a handful compared to how many people have gotten it. But that really drives the narrative. And so will they use the people who get it with the vaccine to drive the narrative moving forward? And obviously we don't know, but I think that's a big concern people if they get it. They get the vaccine, they get it. And, and, you know, listen, we know how vaccines for flu work. I mean, I don't know how they work, technically speaking, but practically speaking, we all know people get the flu shot. We all know people get the vaccine. And so, um, and so will people feel safe going into 2021 that, um, that they've gotten the shot and now they're, they're free to go? Yeah. And, and that's uh, what, what is the, what is the rate on the flu shot? Is it 40%? Uh, 40% to get it. So, I mean, they're sh- they're saying this COVID vaccine is much higher, which makes me a little skeptical. I think there's one that came out from another company that said it was 70% effective. Mm-hmm. Um, they should have started with that. I mean, coming out and saying 90% when you got the flu is, but I, I know the flu has a lot of strands of variation. So maybe the COVID is so new that maybe it is COVID-19 though. So apparently it's had a lot of permutations over the, right. Yeah. So, yeah, and I'll link to this. If I can remember in the, uh, in the show notes, um, but Kaiser Fung, who I had on War Room, the War Room uh, inside the War Room, did a breakdown on what the effective, uh, what it means when they say, uh, you know, how effective the the uh, the yeah. is. So, all right, so we have another article here, Ryan. This one is from the Wall Street Journal. Colorado targets oil and gas. So we've had, forget who it was that we had on. It may have been. Uh, our our lawyer friend uh, that taught in Oklahoma, uh, D- Darcy D- Dancy Joe Dancy, uh, I think he came on and talked about uh, the Colorado rule that said that there had to be a twenty five hundred foot oh, yeah. setback from federal land, not f- uh, federal land schools, water streams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it um, so that the first rule didn't go through. I think that was uh, Prop one twelve. Yeah, Prop one twelve. But they did go uh, put a bill in Senate Bill 181 that um, did restrict by X amount of feet from certain places where they can drill. It it wasn't quite as restrictive as Prop 112, but it it was pretty restrictive. Mm -hmm. Um, They are retargeting some of these rules and trying to get them implemented again in Colorado. And there is a serious worry for the industry there that if they can see this through, it's going to cut back. Uh, uh, considerably more than half of um, 
the, the energy industry in Colorado. Josh, let me ask you this question. Serious question. How long have I called government officials commies? Oh, we, you've been doing it for quite a while. <laughs> quite a while. Okay, so let's go to Colorado here. The will of the people was to vote down this law, this Prop 112, right? Yep. And so now what they're saying is, is hey, I know that you guys don't want this, but here we're going to stick it to you anyways. And, and so when you talk about government overreach or government involvement in the, in the, in the, in the business space, everyone looks to, you know, Amazon, Facebook, Google, how they're making so much money and they don't understand that this is the game. So, you know, I don't know who can survive under the prop One Twelve rules that were struck down um, in Colorado. If anyone could, it might've been the end of the industry there as we know it, but it would not have surprised me if, you know, um, Exxon or Shell or BP or someone was able to survive because they had some kind of ability to to navigate those 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 streams, but but here let's just say that no one could survive. Here you have people saying, "No, we don't like this," and then the commies are coming back and saying, "No, no, 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 no. we don't care what you want. We're gonna we're gonna make you do this." Um, you talk about tax dollars. You talk about lost revenue. You talk about economic impact. You talk about people starving. People living in the streets. I've been to Denver, bro. Y'all got a homeless problem there, like. Y'all got, a, y'all got some homeless folks you need to take care of. And if you keep impacting the oil and gas industry while it's already struggling, what do you think that's going to do to your homeless problem? Do you think it's going to help your homeless problem or hurt your homeless problem? Well, it's, it's not going to help it. I'm pretty sure if you have less jobs. I'm not, I'm not an economist. I'm not a historian. But I'm saying if you have less jobs, it's probably going to hurt your homelessness problem, right? And so um, this is why, the you know, when you talk about, you know, um, you know, Democrat versus Republican, all that stuff, all that stuff is, is kind of a side issue for me. It's about the fact that these people, they hate you and they want to control your life. And people say, oh, they don't hate us. No, no, they, they do. Because if they didn't hate you, they would say, oh, well, they voted against this. Therefore, we're going to do what the will of people is. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you vote for it and you vote against it. It, 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 it just doesn't matter. And so it's, it's so frustrating that they continue to produce uh, no matter what you do, you still have to go back and fight them. And this is, you know, I talked about this yesterday. Um, if you look like, like um, you know, the problem at the executive level with the, the you know, with the presidential powers. Well, the, the reason the president has to be powers is because Congress doesn't want to do anything. So being a congressman or a senator is the best job of the world. All you do is you go and sit in D.C. for four or six years. You do nothing but whine and moan and complain and pass stupid bills and then you run for re-election. Um, and so it's 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 a, it's, a, it's a subject that we have taken these things and we have to quit looking at them as partisan issues, Republican or Democrat. I know they are partisan issues, but you just have to look at the fact that here in Colorado, the people voted against something. And then here Colorado trying to shove it down their throat. And as you're going to tell us, Josh, they're planning to use propaganda to promote this idea as well, right? Yeah. Well, there's a uh, it's a kind of a, a humorous part that's uh, in this article at the Wall Street Journal. So the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission uh, it says they added insult to injury with the revealing Internet blunder that unfolded Sunday. Its staffers were tinkering with a new online filing system and accidentally sent oil and gas developers a test email, which included disparaging fake company names. The Denver Post reported. The snark included uh, such subtle epithets as Snake Oil Inc., 
bad oil and gas and the Lorax. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what well, let's just, here. Let, we can cut you off real quick. This is from the, um, what are they call I just found the wrong page here. Um, this is from the, the Colorado oil and gas conservation commission, right? That's the people, right? Mm -hmm. This is their website. Our mission. The mission of the Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation Commission is to regulate the development and production of the natural resources of oil and gas in the state of Colorado in a manner that protects public health, safety, welfare, the environment, and wildlife resources. Director Julie Murphy. Um, and she has been appointed since um, July of this year. And so, you know, the commie is strong with her. I can, you know, it, she's coming in guns blazing. So she sent out an email, I guess, to every oil and gas company in Colorado with test epithets like snake oil ink. <laughs> just just the, the what man, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, uh, it appears uh, that Biden is indeed going to be the president. Um, I don't know if, if many of our this. hold on. I feel like I'm the first person to call this. I, I, I called this 9 a.m. I think Eastern time the Wednesday after election. I feel like I was ahead of the curve here. Like folks were mad at Fox News for calling Arizona. I called the election Wednesday morning after. Yeah, well, it, it appears. Uh, so I don't know. Last show we we mentioned the the Kraken. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the lady was going to release that. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson pretty much roasted her one good time, huh? She released a baby squid, I think. That's all she yeah. released. Yeah. Uh, so she uh, she got roasted by Tucker Carlson. Uh, and then I think uh, Rudy ended up wanting to distance her from the Trump campaign. So as of today, if you're hoping that this is going to be overturned or something, all hope is lost for that. So it's it's done deal. Uh, I, I know people may disagree with me on it. All the people that keep stirring it. Um they need to stop. It's it's a done deal. I think there there's nothing. Pennsylvania they shot they shot that one down. I know they're going to try to repeal it, but it's well. The the last one was um, was overturned with prejudice. They can't file that lawsuit again. So that that one, whatever that one was about, was done. So there's no appeal there. Yeah, now, well, the, I, the lawsuit in Pennsylvania, but that particular one is done. Yeah. Well, th they were saying there was one that sure. bunch of people that was dead. Right. Anyway, so there's several out there. And what I'm saying is they needed to have some real tangible proof evidence that they would have, they should have supplied. They didn't supply it. Um, at this point, I know people are saying they need to keep the playbook to themselves and they're not giving information out to the public because they want to go into court and do it. Here's the thing. Uh, right now, if, if you're worried about there being problems in the courts, then the best thing to do is just to get all the information out to all the people that have been the way to do it, not to hold it. So this lady had had proof and she wasn't giving it to anybody. She wouldn't come on Tucker Carlson to um, talk about the proof. And at that point, you know, I think, I think it became clear to everybody that this is a, uh, this is hogwash. And, and, you know, I hate to say it, but the Trump campaign is raising a whole lot of money and they're not showing you evidence they have. It's kind of like the, the whole poll deal where, uh, you know, like the, the person was running against Lindsey Graham and had absolutely no shot of, of beating mm -hmm. Lindsey Graham. But the polls showed that they did and they were able to pull, raise, like, I think, a hundred million dollars based on these polls. 
record set of money. Yeah, yeah. So uh, now the same thing is is that there's this thing that said there's all this evidence, and we're going to be able to to overturn this election. We need your help in raising all this money. So well, if you knew about the evidence and how how much it w- was really there, you probably wouldn't send your money because you know it ain't happening. Um, and that's one of the things that frustrates me. And I, I, uh, anyway, enough well, of the rant. I think, Josh, let's just tease us out here. I just call these people communists. So if you're trying, if the argument is, do you think cheating happens? So let's vote voter fraud. Let's define voter fraud in terms that we can all agree upon. Voter fraud is either from the Republican or Democrat side. Um, one person manipulates, throws away of a legal ballot, a good ballot. So Josh comes in to vote for Trump. It's a fine ballot. You know, Ryan back there doesn't like Trump, so he throws away the ballot. Voter frauds happened. Or Trump, Josh lies and says he's Ryan and he books. Like, so on that scale, voter fraud has happened probably in every state, right? Something mm-hmm. has been done. Yeah, absolutely. So that's not disputed. And the fact that the media pretends like voter fraud didn't happen is just silly. Like, it shows it's how ridiculous. they care about the truth. They care nothing about the truth. They're as bad as the people in Colorado, Julie, whatever her name was. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, is, um, so once you acknowledge it happened, then you say, okay, well, let's look into it. Let's see how bad it happened. And what I've seen for the Trump campaign seems to be they have affidavits saying Josh heard Ryan say Ryan's going to overturn 500 ballots or 5,000 ballots or 5 million ballots. That doesn't actually mean that Ryan overturned the ballots. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's not proof. You know, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even know if it's, that's, a, that's, um, that might be considered hearsay. And you get, a lawyer can email us on the hearsay rules on how that works. You know, sign an affidavit if it's if you can prove it in court. I don't know, but you signing affidavit saying that you heard me say something doesn't mean I actually did it. Yeah. So, so a lot of is, I didn't actually. Give, just to give an example, so if there's a dead man on the street, somebody killed him, and somebody comes in and has a signed affidavit that you said you were going to kill him that night, and they appear before court to to verify that they heard you say that. Mm-hmm the key to the whole deal is there's a dead man mm-hmm. and he's physically there. You can prove that he's dead. Mm-hmm. The problem with this is they have these people saying that they heard this, right? You actually have to have tangible evidence that these votes were switched. Right. And I'm not like, I'm looking at some of the, the, the stuff I'm seeing. And I think there was a lot of votes that were switched, but I don't see any way that there, I don't see any way to actually get proof that it was like real proof that would be able to overturn it. So at, at that, at that level, if they don't have it, then uh, you have to let it go. I, I think um, even if you have somebody, it, me and you talked about this before, Ryan, uh, making a murderer, the guy, I think he straight up killed that that lady. But I also think he should have been let free. I don't think he should be in jail because the, the prosecution was so bad that they yeah. it was tampered with. And that's the issue. I think uh, you got to have sufficient evidence. And, well, let's go back to your analogy. Okay. So if you, if you say... Um, so Bob's dead in the street. The police come up and they knock on your house and you go, well, you know, I heard Ryan say he's going to kill Bob. Okay. Now Bob's dead. I don't go to jail at that point. <laughs> what happens is they come to talk to me and they see, do I have, uh, they might want to take me in for questioning, but I don't go to jail on a life sentence or get the gas chamber. Right. There are a lot of steps that have to go. They might, they might come and talk to me and they might say, Hey, where were you last night? And I'm like, why well, was it work? And they call my boss up and they go, yeah, Ryan was here from midnight to 6 a.m. And we know for sure the guy died at 3 a.m. And then that's it. So your affidavit at that point is not valid. Um, 
it, it just means that you it, there's there's more questions to be asked and, th- and that's fine but i think what you said earlier is true is that there's a lot of money being raised a lot of folks trying to make make a little coin here and it, it disappears that you know I, and i heard dave smith say this i know uh some of our listeners probably listen to dave smith's podcast part of the problem uh, i think it was him and he, and he said that you know trump's supporters are out there getting punched in the face and he's playing golf and you know people respond to stress differently and i get all that but listen and I'm not a Trump voter, and I'm not a Biden voter either. I'm just I'm not a voter for either, either one of them. So I'm I probably you know that's my bias. But you know Trump supporters are out there marching the streets for him, and he's playing golf, and he's taking donations, and he's getting it handed to him in court. You know, I know for Trump supporters, they're going to say, "Hey, you know, it's our guy, whatever." But at some point, he has to do something better. And this is my criticism of Trump: is he's not good in these situations. It's just not his deal. He screwed up talking about COVID-19. Um, he was very good when things are going well. When things are going bad, he's that's just not his deal, um, for better or worse. And so, um, you know, if I was a Trump supporter, I would be pretty frustrated right now because you keep telling me you have something. You keep talking about affidavits. But uh, I, I got to see something at some point, Josh, because if the fix is in, and it could be, if the fix is in, you got to give me something to hope for other than Dominion servers and maybe we raided somewhere in Germany, you know, maybe the good guys got it. Maybe not like at some point it just becomes 10, 10 full hat, even if it's all true, even yeah. if it's all true, you just, you're just like sitting there going, well, I, I need something and you got to win a few court cases. And if you're losing the court cases and, and I, I've looked at some lawyers online, I'll, I'll stop on this. You know, some of the lawyers have actually mocked how the Trump campaign has filed these briefs and stuff. I'm not a lawyer, legal expert, so I don't know, but I've seen a handful of different lawyers from both sides kind of mocked how the Trump campaign has gone about this process as if they're inadequate or uh, not inadequate, they're incompetent. And so um, that should be concerning if you're a Trump voter as well, is that you know maybe if he does have a case that Rudy or whoever is running the show is not competent. Oh, and one more thing. I, I, I know I told you this off there. I think we saw, but I know one of the people who is on the Trump campaign. I've seen some of the stuff that um, the legal team, and I've seen some of the stuff that she's put forth as evidence, and it's not very strong. So I'm not saying she's getting at the best, but, you know, it's, it's just not very strong. Hmm. Well, we have a couple articles run that we're going to wrap things up with. So uh, one, everybody i'm sure is aware oil prices reached uh you know a three-month high they did dip back under 43 there for a little bit but prices are up a little bit i don't know uh i don't know what exactly how how yeah i've got wti going below 35 by the end of the year that's my prediction so below 35 so I'm I'm a little bit biased here, I'm a little bit biased, below 35, because there's there's no reason it should be up when we're literally shutting down the economy again in in yeah. you know, big cities. Yeah. So that this this whole deal being over 40, I believe, is short lived. It's good news to see it up. I, I hope it stays up. But uh, if if they continue this talk of, of lockdowns, which many states are, um, yeah, I, uh, I I don't I don't know I don't know how it can stay over 40. So that's that was one article, that, and there's a couple uh, regarding price. So you'll see different different things being said. So crude prices close above 42. This is another one from M- MRT, and uh, so those two there, those two articles there mention the prices being where they are. The question is going to be, what 
are we going to see with these lockdowns and how in the world are they going to stay over 40 if more states talk about doing this? Um, and I just I'm not sure what what to expect at this point, Ryan. I know there's been a lot of people that are resistant in California. Um, if this creates a movement, people are just say, look, we got to stop this nonsense. That would be helpful. Uh, but I don't know that that would be a, uh, enough of a majority to really get things right yeah. going. Yeah, the, the the problem on some level is is that the the resistance people um, are getting not much not a lot of headlines. They're all, the so you you can see the economic data reflected, you know, like maybe driving's up or this is up or that's up, but you don't necessarily understand if that's people resisting or if that's just the economy the economy reopening, and that's a big difference, right? So if gas if people are driving more. Uh, because they're out and about living lives and they're doing that by the willfully disobeying the government, then that's one thing because then you say you're not alone. You know, we can kind of rally together. We're going to get out and do our thing. Whereas if the economic data is showing that the, the gas demand is up because people are going back to work because you think the economy is kind of getting back to uh, restarted, that's a different thing. I'm not saying either are bad or good. It's just um, how many people are standing up to the government. It's always hard to tell because there's not a lot of coverage about that, right? Yep. And so it's, it's kind of hard to know how much of this economic data that we're seeing is reflected in people just, you know, sticking it to the man, if you will. Well, we have uh, an article here that I think is quite interesting, Ryan. So um, I've seen some of this talked about. We talked about it some. Uh, so this came out November the 22nd with Forbes. Pandemic causes record decline in U.S. carbon emissions <gasps> so this this be clear we have reported this we predicted this we reported this for years now hashtag amish life right mm -hmm. i mean this show is the show that tells you what will happen okay close enough. But yeah <laughs> but you know i'm saying it's we've we told you this like this is not surprising Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. All right. So if you want to put on your tenfold hat uh -oh. uh, and you and you want to go down a rabbit hole, yeah, you could really have a lot of fun thinking about the people that have been pushing for um, all these carbon reduction uh, rules. All right. The people who are running a lot of these models for how bad things are going to be, their connections with those people and um, and how a lot of these measures that have been taken, if, if you just go in and look at the connections, they get pretty interesting. I have to, I have to be honest with you, the, the, the climate alarmists, the models and the people that are pushing these, um, these decisions, you can have a lot of fun going in there, which I don't want to do it on this show. Cause we, we are, uh, strictly fact, not fiction. Um, we're, yeah, we're, we're fact news, not fake news. We're fact news. Yeah, we're, we're fact news, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, this is obviously not surprising in the least, you know, when you literally don't have an economy, the world's not doing much, the emissions are down. However, to your point, what's it, what, we got our 10 full, this is 10 full, hegman, 10 full uh, hat segment time. When you have that going on, I think you have to acknowledge when the World Health Organization talks about now is the time to battle climate change, you know, and all this other stuff, you have to be concerned, just like we talked about with Colorado, that whatever the will of the people is, it will no longer be relevant because of these narratives. If 
and here's the thing. If this 9%, was it 9% drop? Yeah, 9.2% reduction in emissions. Okay, if this has no lasting impact. So in other words, if next year we're on here in 2021, the headlines read, despite 9% drop in carbon emissions in 2020, 2021, we made back all the ground we lost. Uh, we, 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 we made back all the ground we, uh, we gained in 2020. Then you have to stop and realize whatever you're talking about uh, on, on doing with climate change policy is not, it's not useful. The, 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 um, the, the narrative has to be reshaped. And so if it all comes back within a year, then we saw what it took just to get a 10% reduction. Right. And that yeah. was ruining the world. So I don't think we want to do that again. I know the, the, the commies want to do it again, but I, I'd prefer not to. Yeah. I prefer definitely not to. Well, we have two uh, two more articles here, Ryan. This is going to be for the Texas Roundup. Uh, two companies, two different narratives. Uh, the first is Oasis Petroleum. Um, I met with these guys out in uh, Midland um, at one point. They have filed for Chapter 11, and due to that, they have a significantly stronger balance sheet, and they're poised for long-term returns focus success. Now, that, that sounds propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, listen, guys, we're, we're filing for bankruptcy, but don't worry. Don't no. worry. The prices are low. We're in a pandemic. Trust us. Time to kill it. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Next, uh, next article Williams restructures midstream contracts with bankrupt Chesapeake. So, pipeline operator Williams Company said on November 23rd. It will take ownership of some of Chesapeake Energy Corp's assets in exchange for accepting lower gas gathering fees from the bankrupt shell producer. And Ron, how does that work? How do you negotiate with a bankrupt company um, at this point? I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're oh, that's what that button does. I just uh, I did that. I didn't know that's what it worked. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I you know we got to get some attorney in here. Obviously, you know Chesapeake's still doing stuff, and so I'm sure the courts have to be involved in some level. But uh, but no, I am not going to pretend to be a banker. You know, you know we haven't heard from in a while. Rob George, I don't know what he's doing other than suing people. Maybe he can come on the show and uh, and break down how something like that might work. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we could always use uh, you know a few amateurs to give us. Give us a little help here. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. So, is that it, Joshua? Yeah, that wraps us up, buddy. Okay. okay, let's just leave with this. Go do Thanksgiving now. If you're if you're vulnerable, you're really vulnerable, and you're sick. Okay, then 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 don't. But don't not do Thanksgiving because of the commies. If you want to do Thanksgiving, go do Thanksgiving. I'll be doing Thanksgiving. Josh is doing Thanksgiving. Um, go 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 do go, if you want to do it, do it. Don't don't let the commies ruin your day. Um, we'll be back next week, and until then, keep climbing.